Hey everyone, Dr. Hanisha here. Thank you so much for joining me on my podcast, Mahan Health with Dr. Hanisha. Mahan literally translates to great in Sanskrit, and it just doesn't make sense to have anything but the absolute best when it comes to your health. My goal is by you listening or watching this podcast, you're getting just a little bit closer to achieving Mahan or great health yourself. This podcast is all for you, so please make sure to comment what you'd like to learn more about so I can get a guest on the show who's an expert in that field, or I might even talk about it myself. I'm also super excited to announce my new practice, Mahan Health. I am now seeing patients and clients in person in Columbus, Ohio, but also all over the world virtually. So make sure to book your free 15-minute phone call today to see how you can start achieving Mahan or great health yourself. Today's episode, I had the opportunity to interview a mentor, an inspiration, and an esteemed colleague of mine, Dr. Aaron Moore. In this episode, we're talking about the concept of subconscious reprogramming. You've probably never heard of this before, but Dr. Aaron really helps break it down, and this is honestly super crucial to all aspects of health. Dr. Aaron Moore is a naturopathic physician, behavior change teacher, and self-marriage coach. She's motivated to serve by the many women who suffer because they live in a way that is disconnected from their true selves. The problems that result from this disconnection range from low-level anxiety to self-sabotage to the physical pathology of chronic disease. Her life's work is to help women prevent and reverse these problems by knowing more deeply and accepting more completely who they are. She studied under some of the best mind-body doctors to learn techniques that shine light on subconscious beliefs of the past that are tied to current suffering. Resolving these beliefs can resolve current suffering, and she offers one-on-one transformational coaching to women anywhere in the world via her online practice. She's also She also offers free self-marriage coaching to a private Facebook group that supports women who want to learn how to cultivate a caring and loving relationship with themselves. I'm actually part of this Facebook group, and I'm super excited to be a part of it, and I will tell you more about it at the end of the episode, so stay tuned for that. But continuing on with Dr. Erin, her passion for empowering people to transform their lives extends all the way to Nepal. Dr. Erin is also the founder and director of an organization called Participate, which is a nonprofit that works to engage rural Nepalese folks in local healthcare projects that improve their community's health. In this episode, we actually do a fun exercise to practice self-kindness right now. So I hope you all enjoy that. I learned a lot from this episode and I've been practicing some of the exercises that she recommends since our interview. And it's really, it's really made a difference in helping me be more resilient. And I'm extremely grateful for her for that. All right. I won't hold you up any longer. I hope you all enjoy the episode. Make sure that you uh, reach out to Dr. Aaron or myself after the show. All right. Enjoy. Hi, Dr. Erin. How are you doing today? Great. So happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you so much for joining me on my podcast. Yeah. Okay. So let's get right into it. Uh, The first question I ask every single one of my guests is, what is your story? What is your journey? How did you get to naturopathic medicine? What brought you here? Hmm. Um, well, 
I was really fortunate to grow up in a, in a family where I had like doctors modeled for me. So my dad was a doctor, but more important than that, my grandmother was a doctor. So just from a young age, I knew that it was possible. You know, like I have some friends that, like I asked a nurse friend the other day, what made you decide to become a nurse? And they had their own story. And I was like, why not a doctor? And they said, I just never knew this was never a possibility for me. Mm-hmm. So um, by having like my grandmother uh, kind of active in my life as a kid, I knew that I, as a woman, I could be a doctor. So I always kind of wanted that from a young age. And my dad, or both of them actually were medical doctors. So I saw the way they did things, and, you know, just so much so I don't know, tough hours and like long, long hours at the hospital. And the work seemed very like calculating to me and something about the way that they practice medicine. <clears throat> I knew I wanted to be like a, a doctor, but I had a feeling there was something else. So my grandmother was Japanese and she, she turned me on to like Eastern medicine. And uh, I studied in China for a while um, after like my, my last year of college and I thought I was gonna go like the acupuncture, Chinese medicine sort of route, but it just didn't really, when I was there, I was like, eh, no, this, this isn't it. I just couldn't really see it for myself. And I was, uh, yeah, it was while I was in China, I like got to, I got one of the internet cafes and just started like searching for what other kind of alternative medicine things there were. And I just, I remember I found some, integrative medicine clinic that had a naturopathic doctor in it. And I was like, huh, what's that? <laughs> and um, yeah, I just, I, uh, once I started learning about it and read like our six principles, I was, I was pretty sold. And it was, I don't know, after some back and forth, I finally got it, got into naturopathic medicine. Yeah. So yeah. in a nutshell, that's it. At least how I got to naturopathic school in, in the first place. Right. Yeah. So um, thank you for sharing. I I love hearing people's stories. I feel like every single naturopathic Mm -hmm. doctor has some fun Mm -hmm. story that brought them to this medicine. And I love hearing. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone's so different, you know, so different. And, um, and then, but then we come across a, a very similar path then, and we start our naturopathic medical school journey. And then the rest is history from there. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I'll add to that. Yeah. Uh, if you don't mind, I, um, so once I started naturopathic school, because if any, and if any of your audience have ever seen a naturopathic doctor, like naturopaths practice so differently, like every naturopath that you, um, meet will, will practice in a different way and you'll, you'll be treated by a completely different system. It almost feels like, but um, you know, we have this kind of all-encompassing principle or the, the, uh, the one that kind of unites us all is that we believe that the body has, that our patients have the capacity to heal themselves. Mm-hmm. And that was like such an exciting um, idea to me when I was in school. And I, because I just, I was never really, like I studied biochemistry in college, but, and, and there was a part of me that likes like the calculative part of medicine and like knowing the mechanism of everything, but it just didn't, uh, part of, I I was just kind of turned off to that maybe because of my upbringing growing up in, uh, like kind of orthodox conventional medicine. 
And also I had interest since even before working in medical school of working abroad um, of, you know, in, in developing countries, specifically Nepal with um, uh, in underserved and low resource settings. So I always had it in my mind from the very beginning of school that I, that I wasn't going to use medicine, like uh, traditional medicine. Um, uh, so I was always kind of focusing in um, what can I do with my hands? You know, what can I do with education, with counseling, and then kind of plants and homeopathy snuck in there also. Um, but yeah, that really like my kind of connection to um, foreign aid and working abroad um, and maybe my, I don't know, hesitation to get too much sucked into the uh, uh, mechanistic part of medicine really uh, draw, drew me to this more like self-healing kind of work that I'm doing now where I, I, so I have a drugless practice. I don't prescribe anything. And I, uh, so yeah, that's kind of how I got to that part. Cause that's a little like alternative alternative. Yeah. yeah I don't definitely. prescribe any supplements or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, um, and I think that actually has become a common thing. This is something that I talk to a lot of my patients about. I'm like, I'm not trying to, um, my goal is not for you to be on a hundred supplements. That is not what I want you to do. Mm -hmm. I want your body to be able to heal itself and use supplements as needed at times, but mm -hmm. they should also be minimized, you know? Yeah. And yeah, there's just so many different, so many different ways to, to approach health and healing, you know, and it's just about like as physicians and healers about finding the way that really that really feels good to us and then finding the patients that, that meet that, you know? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I love that. I feel like in almost all of my interviews, uh, we come back to meeting the patient where they're at and that is such a naturopathic principle. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. where are you? And, um, let's, let's meet you there instead of trying to force something upon them or, um, I guess telling them what to do and then a lot of times they don't end up doing it because yeah. they weren't, they weren't ready for mm -hmm. that. Right. Mm -hmm. so making sure that they're ready for that. And, and that's, that's sometimes difficult as a practitioner too, because you're like, Oh, but I know this is what you need to do, but you're not mm -hmm. ready. And so we have to even work on ourselves yeah. to that's make right. sure meeting them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we got to check our own ideas and philosophies at the door sometimes. Exactly. We got to check ourselves. That's, that's mm -hmm. the main thing. And, um, okay. So speaking of checking ourselves, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about subconscious reprogramming. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. And how, well, actually, yeah. What does that mean? And how did you get really interested in this concept? Mm. Mm. So I've, I've always had, uh, an interest in like psychology and, I am the kind of person like it, it with friends or with strangers, it's going to take us about 10 minutes of talking before we're going deep. You know, it's just kind of my natural inclination to like, to want to like know deeply what's going on for a person. Mm -hmm. So I think I was kind of, yeah, just naturally inclined to be uh, drawn to this, this area, but this subconscious um, was, an idea like really well articulated by Carl Jung, the psychologist and psychiatrist. And 
um, it's basically all of the all of the thoughts, beliefs, feelings that are that are that are not conscious, you know, um, our our motivations, our drives, everything that we that we used to think but have now forgotten, everything that's in process now but has not yet become. So it's just kind of like this uh, treasure trove of all the parts of us that aren't like um, uh, actively conscious in, in the day to day. Treasure right. trove, yeah. So I think that's, I never used that word to describe it before, but I think that's good because treasure trove? treasure trove, is that even a thing? No, I don't know, sure. like a treasure but chest? Yeah, I kind of like <laughs> <laughs> um, But yeah, uh, there's, was when I talk about it, it's often kind of associated with like uh, trauma and, and negativity and this is where all our secrets are. And, and that's totally true. Like that, that's, that's uh, the subconscious is where this kind of thing exists. But also there's like our, you know, our infinite potential and all of our like dreams that aren't yet realized and like who we truly are, but like won't, are, are, are afraid to face. Like there's so much good stuff in there too. Yes. Yeah, mm -hmm. no. Uh, and I think that's really important to know because a lot of times I think when we think of the subconscious, it's just like, oh, it's, it's, oh, I feel like a lot of times we think about it in a negative way, right? Mm -hmm. Like. Um, these are my subconscious thoughts that came out or, you know, or mm -hmm. I, I guess I'm thinking of like, if someone had excessive alcohol or something, they're like, oh, that was, that was like a subconscious yeah. thing where it's like, yeah, or even like passive aggression, you know, yeah. like repressed emotions that kind of like seep out on the side. Mm -hmm. Right. But I like how you put that. There's that positive, like there's so much untapped potential there. Mm -hmm. And by tapping into that subconscious a little bit, we can it's, it's like Pandora's box in a way, <laughs> or the mm -hmm. treasure trove, I guess you open this chest and there could be, there's, there's all, all sorts of things happening, the positive, the negative. Um, yeah. but, but working through that trauma is, is like a whole nother thing that we talk talk about too. Yeah. It's just about like, these are all the, the pieces of us. And maybe it's more like my, I have a really investigative nature too, as, as, I'm going to guess a hundred percent of naturopathic doctors do. So it's like a, um, just for my own self healing, you know, it's been really, uh, I've been like my own investigator, like, cause there's so many things that I didn't yet think that I thought or believed or felt. And, you know, the more I look inward and like am open to learning about myself, yeah, there's lots of pieces of my of myself and this is, you know, for all of us that we have pushed aside or been ignoring or just didn't even know we're there, you know? Yeah. And a lot of times it's not even our fault that that happened that we push it aside. It's a lot of like cultural things that get involved, society gets involved and so we're taught to push these things aside or ignore them completely or block them out. And yeah. when when we tap into it, like you said, it's like that, that potential that can come out of it. You're like, Oh mm -hmm. wait, I didn't know I had this in me. I didn't know yeah. I felt like felt this. And yeah, I think that's, I think you're absolutely right with about a hundred percent of naturopathic doctors having that investigative aspect of it. Cause we love healing ourselves. We love working mm -hmm. on ourselves further. And, mm -hmm. and I think this is the big part of it. It's very, it's a very, I mean, 
I don't think it ever ends really, but I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> I mean, in my experience, not anyone I've ever talked to is experienced, you Same. know, maybe like the Buddha and Jesus, maybe they got through it, but maybe <laughs> the, re- the, re- the rest of us, I think we can consider it practically endless. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Always something new to learn and something to work on and something to integrate and incorporate and grow from. Always. Mm-hmm. Always. So what would you say would be uh, one of the first steps to take in working on subconscious reprogramming or tapping into that subconscious? Um, well, that, okay, in general, like working with your subconscious mind is like one way to work with yourself, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I kind of look at self, uh, self-healing as... Um, they're like one and the same, like uh, uncovering what's in your subconscious, um, being more mindful, making changes in your making changes in your daily activities. All these are like pieces of self-healing. So where I think is a, a great place to start is for people that aren't don't have any orientation to like really working, being their own healer mm-hmm. is uh, is a practice of kindness, self-kindness. Yeah. Before you go deep and uncover things that may be hard to be with, like learning how to, yeah, how to, how to be with yourself in the good times. And, um, yeah, I actually have this on a, 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 a little practice we can do right now. Okay. Or, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I, I call it undercover kindness. Okay. Uh, it doesn't take any time out of your activities and no one will know that you're doing it. So like your listeners, if they're driving or cooking or whatever, they can do it with us. But there's three components. Um, The first one is, well, they are um, your body, your breath, and your gesture, basically your hands. Um, So, uh, uh, and just three different ways to practice self-kindness in any moment. So in your body, just like checking in and having mindfulness of how you're holding yourself. Mm-hmm. And um, so that might just mean, yeah, like having good posture as I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, my shoulders are up here. Yeah, yeah. So how are you holding your body and how can you hold it in a way that can be more kind for your situation? So if you like want to, if you're at work and you want to feel powerful or if you're at, you know, if you're out and you want to feel sexy or if you're just driving or whatever, you want to feel relaxed, just letting your body, just being mindful of that and like let, letting your body be in that way. Mm-hmm. And then um, the second part is with self-kindness with your breath. Um, my teacher, Charlie Cropley, who's another amazing naturopath you might know, he, um, yeah, yeah. He says imbue your breath with kindness. So just with like a nice deep, like inhale and exhale, like imagining that, yeah, your breath is saturated in kindness and can reach all the, all the places it needs to the tips of your fingers and all in your chest and wherever areas of tightness are. And yeah, of course you can just do that with a a shallow, normal breath and your imagination. 
And then the, the last part is um, with your hands. Um, so if you just like hold your palm, your hands like palms up in front of you right now, um, you can maybe feel like a little tingle or a little buzz or something like that. And I just like to imagine that that is like your own kindness and then you offer it to yourself, you know? Like just with your touch like over hand over heart is like an easy one you know uh a really nice just gesture if you're if you're having a tough time or whatever you're on your own like this is a way like that you can be give yourself your own kindness um but if you're like working or with people and you're in a moment when you need it i often tell people just like a hand on the thigh or to like kind of like pat your thigh to be yeah, to offer yourself a gesture of kindness like that. So, and, and that's similar to what you would do. I, I really like that because that's similar to what you would do to a friend or um, someone mm -hmm. that you know, like your family member, or whoever who's dealing with something. You like you would pat them on the shoulder, give them a little love, right? Like, that's, yeah, that's yeah, what we would do. So why mm -hmm. not do that with ourselves? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. I really like that. I actually mm -hmm. do this practice of um, so I I like keep my palms up often whenever I, you know, anytime I'm trying to relax or get into a deep meditative state. And I like, I like this concept of the kindness being that energy. Mm -hmm. um, because what I, a lot of times what I think about is like letting go of, you know, anything that no longer serves me mm. and then also allowing the positive energy and whatever, whatever I need for myself. I'm like, you know, mm -hmm. take, on whatever, take on whatever I need right now just give it to me and I'm like yeah. I should try to stay open in that way and so that's why I kind of like the palms open because it's I'm open to it I'm open to yeah. whatever whatever my body needs whatever my mind needs and I try to stay open to that so I really like but I really like the kindness part of it too I'm, I'm going to start doing that <laughs> more now. yeah yeah that's that's beautiful I like yours too um it's but in these with undercover kindness it's something I really like it I do it like every day, like a lot, <laughs> whenever I'm, when I'm driving, when I'm doing any repetitive task, because then that's how you just build the habit of being kind to yourself when yeah. like during the mundane times or when, uh, you know, you're feeling good because it's really, if you don't have that habit, then it's hard to access when, you know, when you're dealing with something tough or you're really stressed out. But I find the more I practice it in the day-to-day -day boring times, that the easier it is for me to access in the tough times. Exactly. And it's a little bit of, of what we were talking about, actually, before we even started the podcast, was about uh, celebrating the little wins, right? Celebrate mm -hmm. yourself in that way. And, and that's a way of showing kindness to yourself. Be like, I did this thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. It, you know, whatever yeah, it is. Number one cheerleader. Exactly. Exactly. I did this thing and just being, being, yeah, kind to yourself, like, good job. Like I did this thing and now this actually reinforces that behavior or whatever that was. And so you're more likely to do it in the future again, mm -hmm. which is really cool because that's how I think a lot of times people get stuck in, you know, lose motivation because they feel like it's not going anywhere, you know, and yeah. the work they do mm -hmm. do, they're not, they're not appreciated for it and they're not appreciating themselves for it. Yeah. Yeah. The little step, baby steps, baby team baby steps, steps all the yes. way, <laughs> all the way. I'm, I'm right with you. Yeah. I love it. 
Okay. Uh, I wanted, if I, I just wanted to add another, uh, just a big tip for working with the subconscious mind, just off of your, or both what we're talking about, the palms of the hands. And really that just made me think like, okay, about sensation, about sensation in our bodies. Cause we're so like overstimulated and go, go, go all the time. Like we so infrequently like check in and feel our bodies. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I love the hand example because for some reason it's easiest for people are like, oh yeah, they are. It is like buzzing and tingling a little bit. Yeah. And if we were like in a totally quiet and peaceful life and place all the time, we could feel so much more in our bodies. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm, I don't know if you or your listeners have heard this, um, this uh, phrase or the statement that the body is the subconscious mind. Um, but I have found that so much to be true, um, a lot of times, if we want to know what's going on in our subconscious mind, all we got to do is check in and see what we're feeling in our body. Interesting. I really yeah. like that. I, yeah, no, I actually have never heard that before. Um, oh, okay. But was, I like that. I think, I don't know if it was Candace Pert that first said it. She is the, the scientist, the author of Molecules of Emotion. Um, amazing scientist, but the, yeah, one example that I run into a lot in my own life and my, and in my practice in classes is with substances, you know, when, um, uh, people are trying to make behavior changes, which is one of my specialties. So for example, one thing I have been working on is um, like emotional eating, like stress eating. This is just me personally. So like a couple of weeks ago, I was working on something on the computer and, um, you know, not even like actively stressed out about it, but it was just like that low level hum of anxiety or whatever about completing this task and the next thing or whatever. Right. And all of a sudden I was like in front of the pantry like looking for, you know, grabbing for the cookies or the crackers or whatever. And I find myself doing this so much, you know, mm -hmm. like at coffee shops too, when I'm like working on something and I, I run up against a challenge and I, I just the other day, I like looked over my shoulder, like, okay, what can I go get to eat? You know? <laughs> so with our habits and, if, and I'm sure people can relate to this for like, yeah, smoking cigarettes or getting a glass of wine or their coffee or shopping online or whatever. If in those moments before, if we can have just that pause, which I know is near impossible to get sometimes, but with practice, it's possible to yeah. take a beat and check in and see what is happening in your body. Mm -hmm. And often that is the, you know, the, the wound that needs to be healed. So just to give you a more, con my own example, like when I was in front of the pantry like magically sudden because I like didn't consciously walk there. Yeah. Um, I, I was like, Oh shit, what? Okay. What happened? And I just like, uh, okay. I gave myself a second. What's happening in my body right now. And I just felt like this flurry in my chest, you know, like of, uh, of like, I don't know. I, I call it like a tornado, like chaos, you know, but really it was just like a tension in my chest, which is where I tend to feel most of my stuff, you know? So then like in those, in those moments, there's like a couple options with what you can do, you know, um, undercover kindness, you can, you can offer kindness here, 
or just like sometimes being with it and breathing, you know, uh, is enough for this for this craving really is what it is. It's a subconscious like tick that you have to, you know, fill some void. Um, or what I also do sometimes is like let that energy express itself in my body. So I definitely get really weird and like, I don't know, shake some stuff out or get really tense or like make some weird noises. Sometimes I got to go to the bathroom and do it if I'm like with people, you know, but like let it come out of my body because that's like some kind of stored, um, stored emotion or experience or, you know, something different for everybody, but it wants to move. And what we are doing with our, with our habits is, is just quieting it, you know, stuffing yeah, it. We're just suppressing it instead of just letting it out, doing yeah. whatever movement or, you know, yeah. getting the energy works, mm-hmm. pushing it down. Just sh- Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't say anything. They're there. They're there. Yeah. Just, just like grab some cookies and keep working, you know, but so that is also another option. You know, I don't want to shame anybody for like going for the crackers or the cookies, you know, like that. But it, especially if you can get that moment of awareness before you go for it, just to know that, okay, this, to have that awareness that these mind want for cookies is associated with this tightness of my chest. Mm-hmm. That's like so valuable. Yeah. And I, I mean, yeah, like you said, everyone does that, right? I mean, I found myself just opening the fridge and I'm like, where did, how did I get here? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, uh, there, there have been times where I've been really stressed out and then I'm just like, I just want a glass of wine, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and then, but because I'm so in tune with it, I'm like, why do I want this glass of wine? And then I listen and I, I try to stop everything. Cause I'm like, okay, I don't want to get into these habits where I'm stressed and I just go to wine and then, and then I get yeah. to substance abuse. Right. And mm-hmm. for me personally, that runs in my family. And so that's why mm-hmm. I've been a little bit more cognizant of, especially around mm-hmm. alcohol. Um, mm-hmm. And so, so yeah, so it's a big part of it. And so now I'm very mindful. I'm like, okay, okay, let's take a step back. What, what's this glass of wine really going to do? Right. Yeah. <laughs> How's this going to help me? Yeah. And that is, amazing like you've obviously done some work to get to that point because oh, a yeah. lot of people just don't they just behind yeah. breeze like right past that like second where they could actually question their motivations you know mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so that's and then that is another uh like the practice of mindfulness is really the best i don't know any other way to really have enough um like active participation in your mind so that you can stop those thoughts from happening or just stop, stop yourself. And right. Yeah. For one second, you know, definitely. And, and I'm not sitting here saying that I've never ended up drinking the wine anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you just gotta go for it. And you know, sometimes it's not worth the trouble. Exactly. <laughs> not going to act like I'm like all high and mighty, but there most of the times, um, if, if it's under that sort of situation, right? If I'm with friends and it's like a, you know, a casual social event, then that changes the dynamic of the wine, right? Yeah. It completely changes why my motivation for drinking the wine. It, it's completely different Yeah. when I'm stressed. And so I, so I do check in on myself and I'm like, okay, if it's this situation, then I, then I need to step back. Let's work on myself. But if it's a different situation, I mean, yeah, like you can have some cake or ice cream occasionally. Like it's, I'm not, <laughs> I have that too, right? We yeah. all, and so it's, it's not about 
not having the foods ever or not having the alcohol ever. It's about understanding what you're, what's going on subconsciously, what your body needs. Yeah. Yeah. Or just your, yeah, your motivation for, um, yeah, for reaching for that. Like really, so it is so much about mindfulness in the end, like just, or like maybe reducing mindlessness, you know, stop mindlessly, mindlessly consuming and really paying more attention to your relationship with these substances, which is something I'm really interested in, in now. Yeah. Yes. Like how do you relate to, it's not about like, I can never drink again, but like, what is my relationship with alcohol? Like, how do I use it? How does it help me? How does it harm me? You know, what do I want from this relationship? Do I want this relationship at all? You know? Exactly. Exactly. Completely analyzing that situation. And I know we, um, speaking of relationships, I know we wanted to talk about self-marriage today, Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, but we're running out of time. So already on another time and we'll, we'll get into self-marriage a lot more because I'm very interested in that concept too. And I feel like a lot of listeners would be too. So we'll definitely have you back again to go over that. (laughs) But all right. um, Sounds great. (laughs) Before we move on to the more rapid fire questions, uh, what, uh, was there anything else that you felt like you really want our listeners to hear uh, about subconscious reprogramming? Um, Maybe just that it's not so scary. Okay. It's like, uh, that's, I I find that with a lot of my, um, uh, a lot of my uh, patients and students is that they're, yeah, people are like scared to face themselves and start small, do it little by little. And, but if you've got your back, you know, and, and you can learn some basic skills like in self-marriage, then it's, it does take some courage, but it's really like with every step of the way, the more you get to know yourself and accept yourself, it's just a really like expansive and enjoyable process. There are some, you know, healing is, is not linear, right? There are some, there are some, uh, twists and turns and it can be difficult, but, uh, that's the main thing is that it's not so scary and anybody can do it. Mm. Definitely. I, yeah, I appreciate that. I actually, um, quick side note, I heard on the radio today, they were talking about um, fears that people have, and they were talking about uh, some people are afraid of snakes and spiders and things like that. And I was like, what am I afraid of? I was like, my emotions. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? Same, <laughs> sister. <laughs> and I was like, that's so funny. And I, I kind of laughed at myself when I had that thought, because it's true, but it's also something that I'm working on. Mm-hmm. Right. I want to get over that fear because it yes there are times where it's scary there are times where it doesn't feel amazing right it actually feels terrible in this healing journey like oh this sucks Mm -hmm. I don't want to do this I'd rather suppress it Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. when we come out the other side it feels so much better I feel like we're freer you know yeah and And now I just want to share with your listeners now what you told me before uh, we started recording, which is that we, there's no need to like wait until like the end goal comes to be like, uh, happy or celebrated or whatever. But right now, great things are happening. Yeah. Yes. Great things Dr. Are Dr. Hanisha's mantra. <laughs> <laughs> yes. This is definitely my mantra right now. I'm obsessed with it. I love it. Uh, great things are happening. And yeah, just just being okay with that and realizing that and allowing yourself to feel that yeah the healing process is great it is great yeah 
I love it. Okay, let's let's go into the rapid fire questions. These are rapid fire questions. Don't have to be rapid fire answers uh, necessarily. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but these are just questions I ask all of my guests. So the first question I have for you is, what does Mahan Health mean to you? Mm. Um, freedom. Yeah. The greater my health is, or the freer I feel, the greater health I feel. Great. I love that. I love that. Um, I, I feel like that, and that's kind of what I just said too, right? With the, the freedom, whenever you get through this healing is a journey and whenever you actually get to not necessarily the other side, cause there's still dips, but you feel free. Yeah. And even in each moment, just accepting and letting it be okay where you are and how you've gotten here. That is in itself a freedom instead of like beating ourselves up for not being further down the road, you know? Yes. I love that. <laughs> All right. Okay. So the next two questions, they could be connected or they don't have to be. It's uh, completely up to you, but what, um, what was the most difficult health change for you to make and what are you still working on? I love that you asked that question, especially if you have like doctors in the hot yeah. seat to just demonstrate <laughs> that we don't have it all figured out. But the, um, uh, to hundred percent, my hardest health challenge or whatever, the thing I had to change was smoking cigarettes. Quitting smoking cigarettes was so hard for me. I, um, yeah, I feel like I did it in layers. I quit smoking cigarettes. I don't know, a dozen times and just like little by, I tried a bunch of different tactics and little by little, I like peeled it away and to not be a smoker anymore is the greatest freedom greater health you know it feels very freeing you know yeah. um and yeah and i know that's a tough one for a, a lot of people right. and the the thing i'm working on now is this eating you know just the mindless eating i didn't even yeah i actually it, it came up for me recently i didn't even realize that i i did it you know yeah because we were not paying attention because it's happening subconsciously mm. but the more of the more i practice what i preach and walk what i talk then i I began to like see this pattern in me. And so, yeah, that's what I'm working on now. Just like whenever I'm eating, not just being mindful of it, not like shoving down my face while I watch a program or doing it to soothe myself at the end of a stressful day. So that's my current focus. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing. And yeah, like you said, I, the main reason why I asked this is because a lot of people go through these um, changes and we ask them to make a lot of changes, right? As, uh, as doctors, we ask them to make so many changes and sometimes it seems like we have everything figured out when mm -hmm. we're still working on some things and some mm -hmm. things were extremely difficult for us, but you just don't see it anymore because yeah. we already worked through that. Yeah. Like for your case, the cigarette smoking, it was so yeah. difficult, but now if people worked with you, they may not even notice it, right? They yeah. Know that you ever went through that, but you did. No, yeah, probably not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so so that's why I asked that question. I really appreciate you answering and um, being vulnerable with me and the mm -hmm. audience. Yeah. Okay, so my last question is: If you could have a commercial, what would it be about and why? So this question is just because I have this vision of one day all the commercials are going to be like about health and wellness and becoming a better person. Huh. <laughs> um, and so what would be your PSA? Hmm. Um, 
So I have this kind of like mission, mm -hmm. you know, that I will, our vision that I'll leave a world where people turn first to themselves for healing and have the tools to do it, to do it, you know? So maybe something like, uh, I don't know, I'm imagining, I don't know, like we're, something funny where patients are like, wait, you know, let me check with my doctor about that. But then like, oh no, I can check with myself. You know, <laughs> having patients like check in, like know it, something that can encourage people to like know that they have, that they have internal wisdom that, mm -hmm eternal uh, in, internal and eternal <laughs> uh, like the the wisdom and the strength to guide themselves to health and really like I would love to see a, a world where doctors are more just like facilitators and guides and really people feel more empowered to make decisions about uh, what medicines they want to take what kind of changes they want to make in their life um, yeah, I hate that in the healthcare system now where it's like, people are like, well, you know, if my doctor says I got to take it, then I got to take it. And yeah. that's not, uh, yeah. So some, something like that. Something, something like you don't have to, yeah. yeah. No, I appreciate that. Yeah. Like you said, I think, I think that's a huge thing. And I'm, I, I think it's really important for the patients to feel empowered. I want patients to ask me questions because I know they're engaged in their own health then. Yeah. Know? If they're not asking me questions and they're just doing whatever I ask them, I'm like, okay, you you don't you're not engaged. You Some, yeah, you something's not getting through. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. So mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I appreciate that. Check in with yourself. It's kind of going back to the beginning when we were like, we gotta check ourselves. <laughs> oh no, you know, like ask your doctor if this medicine is right for you. Like ask yourself if this is right for you. Something like that. You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Um, really appreciate having you. And like I said, we're definitely going to have to have you come back again soon so that we yeah. can talk about self-marriage and whatever else, because of course I always love talking to you. So we always have a good yeah. time. Yeah, that was really fun. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yes, of course. I hope you all enjoyed that episode and now have a better understanding of what subconscious reprogramming is and how you can start to show yourself some more kindness and love. She has this amazing Facebook group for women who desire deeply to feel free in their lives, free to have fun like a kid, free to honor yourself like a queen, free to stand up for your beliefs, free to make wise choices, free to create the life you really want, free to do it all. She says that we become free by knowing and accepting ourselves layer by layer, and self-marriage is the art and a practice of exactly that. So that's what this Facebook group is all about. I'm super excited to be a part of it, so I hope you all will join me as well. I will have all of this information and Dr. Aaron's information and the resources she mentioned in the show notes below. But that's all I got for you all today. Wishing you all Mahan or great health, and I will see you next time.